I just like when technology makes things easier. One thing that I find fascinating by the blockchain is how profound the technology is. I think AI is about to teach people the value of the blockchain. I think as people are trying to figure out what the sources of the creative are that make the AI, I think people are about to really learn a good lesson into the power of the blockchain and what provenance and truth digitally that nobody can manipulate will mean. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. My first question is, What's and doing this as a part of the exclusive contents now? What's your vision to VFriends now for the future? Yeah, from day one, I viewed this as it's incredible to be able to build an intellectual property um, in a collectible ecosystem, a digital collectible ecosystem. And I want to do this. I've always wanted to build an intellectual property, but now that I can do it on the back of this really cool technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, Really, you know, ironically, even though so much has happened in our space, not much has changed in my mind. <laughs> literally, literally, you can go back to the interviews I did earliest on or the things I most tweeted or spoke about early on is I want to build this IP for the next 50 years. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want to make it creative commons because I want to do it. Um, I think of it as a multimedia world. So from day one, trading cards and toys and animation and film. And I wanted to ground it in, you know, uh, a smart contract that had utility. And so I was excited that, you you know, really in a lot of ways I thought about on day one when people minted it, are you buying a ticket to three years of a conference with a collectible receipt? Yeah. Or are you building a, or are you, getting a collectible that happens to come along with three years of a conference. So there's been an extraordinary amount of energy put towards building VCon, which I think we've done extremely successful. I would argue that the success of VCon 2, the one we just had during, you know, a market of real instability, right? There's been a lot of up and down. There's a lot of anxiety with, you know, the world. I think everyone in the, in the NFT space, and the crypto space in general is yearning for clarity on legislation and rules, yeah. right? And so mm-hmm. for, us, for us to be able to do that during this market creates a lot of validation to our mission. You know, our trading cards are really getting a lot of excitement. We continue to get plenty of, you know, activity across the board. I think, you know, coinciding with all the, uh, you know, things that are going on with like waiting for the SEC and the US Congress and Europe and EU mm-hmm. and you know is also was so much disruption with um with royalties right yeah no and so there's just so much going on all at the same time but for me i have to get people to fall in love with patient pig and accountable ant and common sense <laughs> cat, right much yeah. like marvel and disney like if i don't get people to care about those characters, well, it's not going to matter. Nothing else is going to matter. And so I'm incredibly focused on building out the affinity and the intellectual property while I, like everybody else in our space, gets clarity on what we can and can't do, you know, from a Web3 Mm -hmm. standpoint. So I'm excited about it. Okay. That's fantastic. And I understand your point of... If you not build the brand and if you don't create the 
demand awareness yeah if, if people you know are, demand exactly. everyone's like yeah. gary why don't you why don't you do this why don't you yeah. do that I'm like you're you're talking about creating demand in a very small window for a small group of people yeah. who are caring about the price of the nft today yeah i'm thinking about demand for eight billion people that's going to take me a long time And, and you, need, you need a roadmap to, to arrive at. You, you need to think. Yeah, and, and, the road, and the roadmap, as you know, or you may not know, but with BeFriends, I've never put out a roadmap because mm -hmm. for me, the roadmap is I have to build as big of a brand as possible for the collectible and experiential part of this business. And that's just going to take time. And it's going to come in a lot of twists and turns mm -hmm. from a lot of different places. And I'm not sure where that's going to happen. I think a lot of the things that I was talking about, not mm -hmm. everyone in our space was in, a, in agreement with or thought mm -hmm. it was the right thing. And I'm empathetic for that. I also don't think I'm always right, but I knew what the mission was and, and, and continues to be. And so, yeah. you know, I'm having meetings, for example, of building out exhibit booths yeah. for Comic-Con and Design-Con. And, and I'm having conversations on our YouTube kids content strategy. Yeah. Like, it, you know, if we're not doing those things, the financial engineering or all this, fun, like that's just not, it it's not sustainable. That's it right. will die. It will die. It will not have that's right. momentum. No, and it makes sense. Like I'm an entrepreneur and I understand that a little bit based uh, also on things yeah. that I learned with you previous to being yes. an entrepreneur. It's like fail, succeed, try. So having a very strong roadmap that doesn't make sense, may, may have sense today. It will not make sense one year from apart from now. So it makes perfect sense. And yeah, it's, it's, impo it's impossible to predict. <laughs> yeah, Nike, Nike yeah. Apple, Tesla, Netflix, they have a vision. They have strategies, but they have to adjust to the reality yeah. on an everyday basis. And so I think that, um, mm -hmm. I think that that's, that I think of roadmaps as, you know, marketing material that people put out, not actual business strategy. And I've focused on the business strategy. Yeah. No, no, I'm fully aligned. And, but that takes me to kind of a follow up question that is, and you were saying about the financial ecosystem for the system. Do you feel that uh, the, there is a lack of tools for the NFT space for the finance perspective, from, for example, lending options, yeah. or you believe that it will take the, that sense of IP slash brother? No, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think like the world, you know, I think both are needed, you know, mm -hmm. and, will and both will evolve. I'll give you an example. When somebody, you know, to your point on lending, what you guys mm -hmm. do for a living, like, like, you know, there are people who lend against a million dollar comic book. Yeah, it's true. And it is a far more challenging and more friction thing to do. You have to go to a pawn shop or to a, like, it, you know, the economic, like, you know, you got to find like a needle in a haystack. You got to Google, you got to find someone. Yeah. Then you got to go authenticate if it's a Superman first edition. There's all this stuff. Whereas in your world, it's all on the blockchain. The efficiency <laughs> of what you're doing. And, you know, these are just, I believe that all of these are inevitable outcomes. When I launched winelibrary.com in 1996, Mm -hmm. people thought it was crazy that people would buy wine on the internet. Yeah. 
I knew that people were not going to buy wine on the internet at scale in 1998, in 2000. But I knew inevitably it was going to be a meaningful part of the world. You know, I, I know that we are in a place where there's an inevitable outcome of um, for this, this technology, which is it's, the genie is not going to go back in the bottle. So, you know, all of this needs to be figured out. The governments around the world are clearly spending a lot of time trying to figure it out. Some are on defense, some are on offense, some are in between. But as far as the tools, all of them will be built. Yeah. There'll be winners and losers, just like, you know, lots of people tried to start banks through the years. Lots of people tried <laughs> to start credit card companies. But they will all be built and they'll be a part of our, our world. And I think, you know, look, think about this. There are people right now who spent $4 million on art in their life, collectible physical art, mm -hmm. who tomorrow will have a financial opportunity that requires liquid in a one week period. Okay. Yeah. That individual might be liquid poor right now but asset rich. Yeah. They may need a million dollars. And they don't have it for some reason. You know, these circumstances arise where people have a lot of assets, but not a lot of cash. It happens. Mm -hmm. Usually with bigger numbers than I'm using now, but let's just play this story out. You know, in today's world, it's hard for them to get money against that $4 million of art. On spot. Almost on the spot. Yeah, Impossible. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially if it's in within a week. Yeah. In in the world that you're playing in, that won't be impossible and that will be lucrative for both parties. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously people default, there's bad things that can happen. There's there's risks that the lender takes on, drastic mm -hmm. loss in value, like you know, which has happened in NFT mm -hmm. and has happened in contemporary art, has happened in sports cards and and everything, really. Antiques, coins, coins and stamps used to have incredible value. Like things change. Yeah. But but I think that the, the technology existing is gonna be cool. And I that's what I believe in. And, and I, I I was going to 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 interrupt in the past just to say that one of the biggest things that happened in Portugal, I, I'm from Portugal, by the way. Yes. It was a very big loan that happened against art, but it was a small fine print on the art that the art didn't belong exactly to the owner. It was kind of a foundation. So to recover, it was a nightmare. And when we look into blockchain, we see that those kind of app errors can be kind of averted very quickly. We're seeing like certification. The, the use case makes way more sense. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the great emerging economies or superpowers could come out of being on the offense of new technologies like AI, VR, Web3 blockchain. And so the world is always turning. Yesterday's winners are not tomorrow's. What, what take you here will not take you there. It's a, That's right. a very, very strong sentence and pretty aligned. Makes perfect sense. And thank you for outlining yeah. so, so well. Um, and you touched this last part on, I would love also to get a little bit of your view for um, the role of blockchain for digital ownership on art. So with ChatGPT, mm. Dali, MidJourney, or human content being created in the digital world, what's your um, 
expectation from the things that you have seen on the last years pumping up uh, and what you are That's a great question. So, so <clears throat> you touched on the thing that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about and I don't have full thoughts on yet, mm-hmm. but it is intriguing, intriguing, intriguing to me, which is there is an incredible amount of concern in the in the IP world that these AI bots are scraping, stealing, and they're taking the ingredient, maybe the final meal mm-hmm. looks a certain way, but the string beans and the sauce and the eggs and the batter and the honey and the salt and the vinegar and the, you know, yeah. come from these places and are they going to get their economic value from that? So copyright and trademark is a huge elephant in the room right now on AI creative, the mid journey mm-hmm. of the world. <laughs> to me, it's very clear that the promise that most addicted me to the blockchain early on was the concept of proving provenance. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's there's a very clear path of people putting things on the blockchain first to prove it and then secondarily put it on the internet. Yeah. To then allow for provenance and understanding. And so I am fascinated by this. Now, I understand the hypothesis, the macro, the how that could be. As you start getting into the how, mm-hmm. like the like the execution of <clears throat> that starts to get into a pay grade larger than mine. But I am very consumer aware that that is a that the emergence of AI may speed up the masses' understanding of the value of the blockchain. Yeah, yeah, and that's how I see it playing out over the next decade. Do you think that that will also kind of spill off to metaverse, like Apple presented um, two days ago? Uh, their new concepts, we are being bombed with the concept of metaverse everywhere. It's clear that blockchain will take a role on that. Or you think that like the tech icons have already barriers well, no, in place to block all no, of these? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, look, I think what you're talking about, and you know this is, and everyone listening, if you're listening to this, I know, know this, there's a difference between centralized and decentralized servers. Mm-hmm. So to your point... <laughs> I don't think the centralized servers of the world, the biggest tech companies, are in any rush to give up their leadership. But I think it's back to what I said earlier. I think it's a coexisting world. Do I believe that there will be a humongous VR platform that is centralized? Yes, I do. Why wouldn't there be? But do I believe that there will also be a very large VR environment that is fully decentralized? Yes, I do. Do I think that there will be large social networks that are centralized? Yes, they exist today. Do I believe in the next 15 years that we will see a meaningful, at scale, decentralized social network? I sure do. Yeah. And so, you know, I think I think m- most people in the in the NFT, crypto, or classic historical world need to start thinking about the word and mm-hmm. instead of the word or. Sure. 
right? Everyone I think is like, it's gonna be just this or just that. Just this or just that. And I'm like, no, 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 it's gonna be and. Yeah. And it should be and. And the the ability for it to be and is so real. And I hope people start to fall in love with and. And, and they can, yeah, I love that uh, concept uh, as an engineer or in the end make perfect sense. And I would say that they will kind of coexist and they will learn from each other. The good lessons that will pop from both sides will start to overlap. I think I'm very, very familiar with what you are saying. I would say that people like to say or because we are on a generation that has lots of polarization. People need clear answers for both ways. So it makes sense. We have to. Yeah, I think I know we have two minutes, but I think to your point, politically, religiously, mm -hmm. genderly, financially, interestly, sports, everything, to your point, the world's framework is or. Yeah. And it, I would argue that the opportunity for happiness and up and growth and you know flourishment sits in hand. Yeah. I, I buy. I buy that. Yeah. And yeah. using the last two minutes, I have to say, tell us a very funny story from last week on, something that really got you with joy or fun. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, a couple things come to mind as soon as you said that. One, I played rock, paper, scissors three times and I won them all. So I'm very excited about okay. that. <laughs> um, the amount of Is people... Specific that, trick or you just no, one, no, one random? No, okay. I just got lucky. Okay. Um, no question, the thing I'm most excited about is how many people came and said they needed it. Yeah. They enjoyed it. Um, a lot of people, you know, more than one person said that it felt like a Grateful Dead or Fish show to me. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting to me. <laughs> that that was a funny story that comes to mind. Um, <clears throat> I went out with my college friends to three in the morning one night. Okay. Uh, which is rare for me, but it was fun to relive those college days with those guys okay. after, after it was all over on Saturday night. That's a memory I'll never forget, ever, ever forget. So that's a great story. Uh, my dad on stage, I've got my dad and brother on stage to kick off Beacon. And I asked my dad to tell a business story that's interesting, just like you're asking me now to tell mm -hmm. a story. And it took him like a minute before he said anything. And I was like laughing because I was like, <laughs> Dad, tell a business story of how, of how this. And then I said, Dad, tell, I first asked him a very specific business story. Like, tell a business story of like something that you and I went through. Then I said, tell a business story of any kind. And then I said to him, tell any story of any kind, not even business. And so the crowd and I were laughing and me and my brother were laughing. And it was just a fun story. So it was, it was a great VCon. I can't wait for the next one. That's awesome. And thank you so much for sharing. Course, really man. appreciate it. So let's test our technicalities and, yes. and joining the, the the spaces. Anyway, it's great to be with all you guys. Well, the last place I was at is Indianapolis, Indiana, to speak at this awesome conference, <laughs> also known as VCon. You know, so that was a vibe, Gary. Thank you thank for you, having brother. us. Listen, your event was what was your what was your yeah what was your biggest observation, brother? The positivity. Yeah. Like I, I told that to my whole team. We're a big team now. I signed that to Nuno earlier upstairs. We're just yeah. hanging out. And I was like, what I love about Gary V and what you've like kind of like nurtured is a positive community. And that, of course, we've known each other following you sure. since like what, 2015, I think, eight years now. Yep. 
So I've observed you. I see how you move. Good friends with Cranac, Tyler, and everybody else. This day one. I think it's always just, I always come home filled with like a really good energy and like happy. And I think this is the most important thing, right? Like I've always learned a lot. I got to hang out with a lot of good people, but it's really about like the energy that I left off with was very positive. And no matter the market, you've nurtured a very well. I think I think I think that's an interesting point. Like, look, everybody on this call and listening right now, like everyone understands the ups and downs of the bulls and the bears and all this. Yeah. But you know, again, being born in the Soviet Union, liking history as like the only subject I liked in school. Like, I think for all of us on this call, we can all understand like. You know, nobody wants their NFT to go down in value. Yeah, nobody wants, you know, there to be those kind of things. Nobody wants to see a bad actor do the wrong thing. But mm-hmm. in the concept of life, when you think about what's going on with 8 billion people on earth, there's nobody who's listening to a Twitter spaces in the middle of June 7th at 4.35 PM, who, if they don't take a true step back for perspective and realize how fortunate they are to be alive and have opportunities, of course, maybe the things aren't exactly the way they want professionally. But for me, I appreciate you saying that, you know, like at the end of the day, like I have very positive intent in everything I do, because to me, it's like, we get to choose, like you get to choose if you decide Mm -hmm. everything sucks, you get to choose if everything's good. You know, we were just on, you know, earlier recording some stuff prior to this, you and I, because of the podcast Panther, this is really fun. This is very meta. Like, you know, owns the podcast Panther. This is how I find my, this is why I got confused yesterday, brother, on the tweet. Right. I was like, no, I'm doing a podcast Panther, not a Twitter space. Like, like, the, like just all the twists and turns of like what life brings, but you get to decide your perspective. Like there, you know, there are people right now who are happy, happy because, and, and are living with a terminal disease. Because yeah. they have their framework and their perspective is that place. There are other people who are greatly depressed today because like their Tesla stock went down 2%. Like everyone has the choice to decide, you know, their perspective and their values and the things they get out. And so I'm just, you know, I'm grateful. I believe in practical positivity. I'm also patient. You know, I know the twists and turns that come along with this. You know, I didn't. I didn't say that 99% of NFTs were going to go to zero at the height of the whole thing because I was guessing or because I was trying to upset people. It was because I was observing what I've seen before in pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I'm, I've never been more excited about this space because, you know, it's going to persevere and the bad is going to get kicked out. And, you know, we're also look for all the anxiety that's going on with, you know, the SEC and the EU and all this, like, it's also means that we're getting closer to clarity. Like for me, and I'm sure every other person that cares about being this in this forever, everybody just wants clarity, you know, whether it's rule by code, or whether it's rule by government or something in between, like, I don't think anybody is like looking for anything other than clarity. And so I feel like things are progressing. There's ups, there's downs, there's lefts and rights. Um, But you know, what I'm focused on is, practical positivity, which is, I want positivity, but VCon would be a massive failure if it was like delusional, like everything's going to be okay. And who cares about anything? That's not what we're talking about either. Like you have to be practical. You have to be real. You have to be strategic. You have to operate, but patience matters, right? Like I'll give you an example, just looking at some of the faces on this Twitter space right now, Green Dog, others, like in my little world, my community, right? 
organically, even though it was part of our strategy, organically, the trading cards part has gotten really hot, right? Like I was watching from afar all mm -hmm. year, you know, prepping for VCon, we got a lot going on, but like slowly but surely this community around, you know, what's interesting about Friends, which was very unique in comparison to many NFT projects was there was always a physical component too, right? If you mm -hmm. minted series one, you got three years to, you know, and a lot of people even said to me like, I bought it backwards. Like I bought Friends for the three year conference and the Friends was a digital collectible receipt. I bought series two for the trading cards and the mm -hmm. VF2 was the digital receipt and vice versa. They're interchangeable, which is so rad about NFT collectibles and, and physical items. But the cards just kept gaining momentum, momentum, momentum. And, you know, like to me, what's so fun about building an IP that's multimedia is, so the cards were quietly building momentum. Then it kind of hit a crescendo point at Beacon. Then I was like, wait a minute, I'm like, I love cards too. So mm -hmm. I'm now like fully like going crazy more momentum. But what's been wild was two emails today of people now learning how to buy an NFT because they fell in love with the IP through the trading cards in the last month. One of them didn't even know who I was, <laughs> NFTs or VFriends. There's a human who emailed me yesterday. Nah, come on. Nobody doesn't know who Gary V is. Bro, most of, most of the entire world does not know who I am. But this person specifically is super interesting. This person literally wrote me a long email about... Like, How did he got like, to your like, email? That's the first question. You got like Gary V. Because, well, the, the, well, this is no, 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 no. This is what's this is what's interesting. How the whole thing went down. Okay. To your point, he he just went over his friend's house who had the cards. He got interested in that. Okay. He so he got exposed to it through a friend, and then really got into the cards, eBay, all that life. Mm -hmm. Then asked his friend and started getting educated like what is this and the guy's like Gary V and he's like who the fuck what's a Gary V and V friend what's that like didn't really like know which is amazing and then now is like buying NFTs for the first time and it really hit me because I'm like this is what everyone is going to have to do which is like it's a long game education multi-channel multi-platform multimedia but you know positivity will be the th all the like the V friends themselves are built to scale positivity. There's a little bit of Care Bear in it. There's a, right, Care Bears, mm -hmm. if you think about that. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of Sesame Street in it. There's a Disney Pokemon in it because I want to do competing and battling and all that. But like, it's exciting to be building the brand and VCon obviously is an incredibly important part of the process. Listen, sign me up for VCon 2024, 29, 35, fucking 2069, <laughs> Gary. And, and I will be there and I'm sure... And I'm sure Zarta Finance will be there as well. I mean, quickly, not to take it back a little bit, because I do have a few questions about art, like your take on art, because we hear a lot about your take on like NFTs, PFPs. Yep. Obviously, what you're building, VTrans is fascinating. And having watched this literally day one has been fascinating. But quickly, you know, I want to go to you because we just opened up the Twitter space and you guys were kind of doing this interview before that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once you introduce to us who you are and what Zarta Finance is, because of course, a lot of people come in here, you know, Gary, and they're like, okay. What's happening here? And then Gary, I have a few questions on like your takes on what's going on in the space. Okay. When Gary said, there are lots of people that don't know you, that don't know me. I thought there are like 10 times, 1000 times more people that don't know me <laughs> at this moment. So it's okay. No, it's like, I'm one of the co-founders of Zarta. I'm the CEO and we are NFT lending platform, the most borrower friendly solution for it. So we allow on a full decentralized way 
for users to request loans using the NFTs as collaterals. And they get instant liquidity based on the trades of the assets with a fair valuation. And we perform these loans on a logic of maturity. So you can request a loan up to 90 days. You never get liquidated. You are a very big fan of a friend, for example, or some piece of art that you love. And you can request that loan. You have the time to plan your life. And at the due date, you have the time to repay it. And if you don't pay, there is a grace period and we try to follow up to help the borrowers and the lenders. So that's us in a, on a very, 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 very brief vision. Uh, I have expertise on blockchain. I was the head of blockchain at Accenture here in Portugal. Uh, and I work in blockchain since 2016. Uh, worked with several projects on traditional finance and, and then several things around loyalty. So when you were talking about positivity and how all of this flow, I think that Web3 can be a very powerful enabler and you are sharing on a, on a use case that is real, that's happening right now with utility. And for example, we, we at the Panther that had a real utility for us. And it was an awesome experience that we could pull off to, to bring to our community. So very happy to be here. Very happy to, to have you here, Gary, and sharing with us a little bit of your experience and what the, your vision on all of this. Thank you, brother. I love that. So you guys have fractionalized the Panther. We all know. When you tell me panda positivity, I think it was positive. Panda, Gary. I love to hear that. <laughs> but you know, listen, I know you be friend by now. But no, seriously, like, you know, obviously Gary, I don't think you need introductions on here. It goes without saying who Gary V is in the space. But just quickly, like, you know, how would you say you're positioning V friends right now? Like obviously you had a huge, you know, Chrissy's auction a few, I think two years ago now. Um, you know. And you're seeing a lot of companies like Yuga going to gaming, Pudgy Penguins, and yourself which with the plushies and Toys R Us. I saw which is thick, crushing the IP game. Where would you position be friends in this whole like spectrum of the NFT space right now? I think all of the brands you just mentioned, Yuga, Penguins, Us, and pretty much anybody else who plays more in the character-based world versus, let's say, a Tyler Hobbs who had a big sale the other day. You mm -hmm. know, Tyler and those kind of individuals, X-Copy, they play more in the Banksy you know, um, you know, people, those, those characters play in the Banksy, you know, Andy Warhol, Jackson Pollock arena, whereas V friends has always been for me, intellectual property, you know, and so gaming and animation, um, apparel, uh, and collectibles is kind of like the arena, you know, so to me, anybody that's going to play in this space that we're in, for me, it's, you know, and, and what's been fun for me is like, I've been pretty consistent about this from day one. Like I am trying to build this. I, I, it's going to take me 40, 50 years. It's like real work. And, but it's, it's very positioned in, in IP development. Right. So, you know, we're, we're spending a lot of time thinking about gaming, both physical mm -hmm. and digital. We're spending, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of alpha, that I can share because we usually, as you uh -oh. know, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not big on like roadmaps or things of that nature. We're just kind of operating, but like, you know, and this is not crazy alpha because I've alluded to this as well, but the timing's getting close. Like we're extremely far along with, you know, our kids book execution. So I think you'll see a, you know, a kid's book from RIP pretty soon, which I think is incredibly important. I think it's a category we can win in. Mm -hmm. um, I, have, I have a lot of understanding of, you know, author life and more importantly, the distribution and how to get sales and, and exposure and just strategic stuff like Boys and Girls Club and, you know, school systems and 
you know, summer camps. And so I'm really excited about that. Um, we, we believe, you know, again, back to Yuga, back to Penguins, back to anybody else, World of Women's or anybody who's going to be continuing to try to expand their IP. I think every one of us are going to have different DNA of strengths in different categories. So uh, I do think that Friends for me, really understands like what Pokemon and Magic the Gathering meant and how that played a huge factor. And so I think we're incredibly focused on collectibles, including Olympics and Disney. One of the things for you might have noticed that at Beacon was there was a lot of pins culture, people buying pins of the characters, mm-hmm. trading the pins. Saw that. That that yeah. you know that's something that's something you'll see at the Olympics every four years. That's something you'll see at Disney quite a bit. So we're going to focus on collectibles quite a bit because it's, you know, it's A, how I think about NFTs as a digital collectible and B, mm-hmm. it's how I think about, um, you know, a strength of ours that is maybe uh, a point of advantage. Something that might have been under the radar for a lot of people was late last year, mm-hmm. I announced a new company called VaynerWatt, W-A-T-T. That Watt part comes from a gentleman by the name of Eric Wattenberg, who was a top executive at CAA and at um, a wheelhouse, a very successful production company that does a lot of stuff with Jimmy Kimmel and others. And um, so VaynerWatt is a TV production company. And you know, for us, animated, scripted, and non-scripted television, aka, you know, what's going on on streaming. Look, the one of the number one movie in the country for a long time here in the US was the Super Mario Brothers movie that just came out, right? And yeah. so for the last several months. And so, you know, Super Mario, just to remind everybody, was a single character in a video game called Donkey Kong that came out in 1982. And so from that moment to today, in that 50-year window, he went from a singular character as the one trying to save the princess from the big Donkey Kong from 1982 to becoming obviously the star of the Nintendo revolution in 86 when that really happened to now having a billion dollar movie in the franchise. So to me, you know, I'm thinking multimedia. I think all of that brings back demand to the original provenance, right? Like what's so cool about the NFTs is the original collectible. Like there it is. This is why I drew them. Like I didn't draw the V friends because I thought I was the most profound doodler Mm -hmm. on earth. I drew them because I knew I was building something long-term and I wanted- the essence of it to always be grounded to this place of providence, you know, not only how it got minted, but that it actually came from my heart and my brain and my creativity and and my hand, my hand. And I think, um, so that's kind of how I'm thinking about it, you know, and and, um, I'm excited about it. It's, you know, part Marvel, part Pokemon, part Care Bears, part, and very heavily, I didn't realize this at the time, but I become more educated. I didn't realize how much Sesame Street this has in it. And what I mean for everybody on that is what, I, what I've come to learn about Jim Henson on this journey, I admire greatly, which was there was a lot of good intent behind those Muppets, mm-hmm. you know, and they wanted to leave a positive impact. As a matter of fact, Fraggle Rock, the agenda, the brief was to stop war in the world. Let's yeah. make a show that teaches kids about things that actually leads to the world trying to stop war. And like, I'll be very clear, I have incredibly substantial agendas with V Friends, which is, I am proud of what I've been able to accomplish as Gary V as bringing positivity in a framework of practicality and business. 
but I'm one human being and le- and we all know this. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. You know, the cursing, the jersey, the confidence, the bravado, the competitiveness, the style of speaking. I'm empathetic to people maybe not loving it. Um, and so I've done a great job affecting a lot of people positively, but there's a lot of people that can't consume my content because of how I roll or who I am. But with Friends, I have 283 characters. If I'm not the vessel to teach somebody compassion, well, the compassionate catfish can do that for me. If I'm not going to be able, as Gary Vee on TikTok and Facebook, to teach someone that patience is everything, well, then the patient panda and the patient pig can team up and do that. If I can't teach people that ambition is incredibly powerful when it's controlled and comes from a good place, well, the ambitious angel is going to do that for me. And so... My ambition for VFriends is profound, is to leave the world in a much better place than I came into it. And I think I'm going to do that. Me and Farrakh were not even born when Super Mario was launched. Correct. <laughs> 82, I was right. not even prepped or planned or nothing. And I believe that's Farrakh also. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and, I mean, I was born in 94. Modern, <laughs> right. And to make it even more modern, we can go to Pokemon because Pokemon is, yeah. you know, a phenomenon that is even younger than yeah. Mario. But again, Mario was started mm-hmm. by video games. Pokemon was started by, tra- you know, collectible trading cards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Harry Potter, an incredible intellectual property, was started by a book. book. Yeah. V Friends was started by an NFT, right? But like, but to be what I wanted to be and and to do what I wanted to do for the collectors of V Friends. It has to be like the things I just mentioned, Batman, yeah. Spider-Man. These were started in the pages of a comic book to remind you to, because you're, you know, comic books as a format, as a format in the world did not exist, you know, a hundred years ago or 120 years ago. Like it became a new format, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, people are not good at history lessons. Like NFTs is a new format, but so were trading cards. So were video games. So are comic books. These are things that get invented and then they become platforms to create intellectual properties. And that's how I see this. I love that. So I kind of want to go into something different that I don't think you get asked a lot, but of course, kind of related to what Zarts is doing with the financing NFTs. I think, you know, you guys finance like a Fidenza or whatnot, which is pretty sick. And, you know, right. If I'm a fractionalized. Yeah, yeah, right. Gary was talking about the one that was sold on Sotheby's and we yeah. performed the loan against a very similar one last week for 128 uh, for a 90-day period. So it was, it, it, it's coming. I, I see that uh, we are seeing this news and because people are yeah, talking to, to me. To me can I ask you, G, about what your thoughts are on like the whole financialization of like the space and art I just, specifically? I, I like- you mentioned that. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be very simple. Like we actually talked about this before when I was doing his podcast before. Um, I just like when technology makes things easier. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like one thing that I find fascinating by the blockchain is how profound the technology is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, I think AI is about to teach people the value of the blockchain. I think as people are trying to figure out what the sources of the creative are that make the AI. I think people are about to really learn a good lesson into the power of the blockchain and what provenance and truth on digitally that nobody can manipulate will mean. So, you know, I think as far as directly answering your question, I think about people who are cash poor, but asset rich, right? 
There are people literally walking around earth that have between their watch collection, their sneaker collection, their sports car collection, and their art collection have a lot of value, but only have $129,000 in cash in the bank and have a $500,000 thing in front of them, whether it's a crisis of a hospital bill or an opportunity to buy a home. There's something in front of them, right? And you know, to go and sell a Michael Jordan rookie card or a rare pair of sneakers or a Andy Warhol painting or, you know, that's incredibly hard. There's so much friction. How do you do that, right? Or how do you back to, you know, to remind people mm-hmm. this this lending protocol exists in real life. There are, there are pawn shops. There are, you know, money sharks. There are, there are high net worth individuals that do this with each other where, you know, but to find it, all the friction, right? You know, you know, think about what technology does. Do you know what friction it was to eat a hundred years ago? To eat. <laughs> right? Now, fast food, supermarkets, <laughs> modern food. cooking, technology, stoves, like, and now we got into the more extreme version of it. Uber Eats and DoorDash, and like there's no friction to have hot food in front of you in two seconds, but people used to have to go out and fucking kill the animal and eat it. There was friction. <laughs> there is fric- there's friction in taking, there's friction in taking your assets that you have yeah. that are real life assets and turning them liquid in temporary moments of need, whether crisis or opportunity. This is instantaneous and is mathematically sound for the lender. And like, it just feels incredibly obvious and, you know, just like banks became obvious to the world, just like credit cards became obvious, two things that people did not believe in, by the way. Again, I'm trying to get all the kids here. I'm just, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at all these incredible There's by a the way, lot of young people out here. Well, no, listen, I really appreciate like Brittany and like, you know, and, and Vinny with his original jellyfish and all these people that are, you know, hitting smiles and thumbs up and hearts. I like, I'm looking at them while I'm talking to you. And like, you know, I'm not sure that a lot of people have spent the time realizing that banks used to not be a thing and credit cards used to not be a thing. And so like all these new things that we're all passionate about, they all got bought by the government too. And they all took time too. And like things have to get figured out, but like these technologies are profound and I'm happy for people. I'm happy for people that protocols like this are going to exist at scale. I would love, now that I know Nunu, I hope he wins. (laughs) I don't know if his club will win, but I sure, but I, but I sure know that fucking there will be five to fifteen leaders in this. This is an inevitable truth, and what will that mean? Don't forget, we think of NFTs today as collectibles, but NFTs are other things. Let me ask you yeah. a question: when the when your home, when your title insurance and your deed is sitting on the blockchain, and you have a big need for cash. Do you understand how insane that is that you can put up your house for collect that your house is the NFT. Your car is the NFT. This is going to give people financial freedoms that we never had before in times of need, whether that's opportunity or whether that's crisis. And like the fact that I know that somebody is not going to have to incur debt on a hospital bill because they put up an asset that they have on the blockchain and there's going to be companies like Lunos in the world that are gonna make profit on taking the risk. But you know, the good thing is when people get educated on this, 99% of the people are not gonna lose their thing. 
Yeah. They're gonna pay the VIG. They're gonna the financial arbitrage is gonna happen. You know, like a credit yeah. card company. Do you know how crazy credit cards sounded to people before credit cards? And, like and, and so I don't know. I'm I'm I, I just like I want to get over the day trading, the speculation, the yeah. bad behavior, the anxiety, and I want to get to like how We're almost there. this technology. I, We're I agree. The, there. Te- the technology is profound. I, Vicky's in here, right? I see her. Uh, good friend. I, I adore her. Has an ice cream company. She has a store. Yes. Like she, the fact that you know, not that I want this to happen, but if she has a need for money, let's make it pro. She just really believes she has to buy something, and it's a real opportunity. But she's not getting some cash that's coming in in a month. The fact that she'll be able to blockchain her business, her ice cream store, that will be the NFT, and that goes into this kind of protocol. So it's not just collectibles; it's everything. It's profound. And, and that's the real wow. world. When you go to the other opposite way, it will be the same. Metaverse, Correct, metaverse companies, gaming, everything. Correct. So it will kind of underpin everything that we see, that we touch. Everybody right now is thinking of it as like a rare V friend or a, yeah. or a penguin or you know a mutant ape. And I see it as your home, your car, your company. Like we got to understand how important this technology is. And the word NFT, the internet used to be called the information superhighway. And the way that <laughs> everyone thought about it in 1993 and 92 was people going to this thing for information, like using a dictionary. Today, 30, 40 years later, we think of the internet very differently. Currently, we think of NFTs in collectible form, and it will be part of that. Collectibles are a major trillion dollar reality in the world. But the term NFT, A, just like the information superhighway or, or or the World Wide Web, which is what you have the WWW yeah. for, became known as the internet. There's a chance that the word NFT might not even be the word because it's yeah. so early. But an NFT is going to mean a lot more than just a collectible. And I think a lot of us on this call here will be talking about that in the future as like we were there when it was only known as <laughs> this. And now it's everything uh, that is an asset, and I think that's profound. I'm wow. sad. I'm sad that we lost the term "super highway information." It was way better than internet. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. I apologize. I have a five o'clock that I'm already one minute late for. That I'm Dear late for. So, thank you. I wish you all well. Have thank the best day. Mwah. See ya.